This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With a new podcast every day of the Premier League season, this is Football Social Daily. With 165 goals in 243 games, Harry Kane is a goal-scoring phenomenon. Since his first full season in 14-15, no other player has scored more times in the top flight than Harry Kane has. This season alone, he's been involved in more than half of all Tottenham's Premier League goals, and those numbers are mightily impressive. But it's one number that seems to be hanging over his head, and it has done for a while now. That number, unfortunately, is zero. Zero trophies in his career, yet Kane is the highest scoring player to have never won the Premier League title. Could that change next season? As reports yesterday claim the striker has asked to leave Tottenham Hotspur. Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea all said to be interested but what happens next in the future of the England captain? We'll discuss just what this means for Spurs and the rest of the Premier League shortly. Also, we take a look at tonight's Premier League programme as we hurtle towards the finishing line of the season. Chelsea looking for retribution as they face Leicester just three days after the Foxes beat them at Wembley, this time with top four implications in a game Thomas Tuchel says is more important than the FA Cup final. But is he right? We'll get stuck into that on the podcast, as well as previewing the return of fans to Old Trafford for the first time in over a year as Manchester United play Fulham. Cuban puffing peps Manchester City take on Brighton and Southampton also face off against Leeds. I'm Niall, this is Football Social Daily and joining me today we've got Marley Anderson. What did you make of Pep's party in last night, Marley? Uh, it looked quite interesting, didn't it? I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know what language you'll have been speaking towards the end of it, but it, it did sound like absolute gibberish half the time with uh, the amount of uh, smoke and drinking he was doing, but it looked fun, <laughs> it certainly looked fun. The, I think the point of a Cuban cigar is you, is you puff it slowly and you take your time with it, but he was just going to town on it, <laughs> he was smoking away. Um, we've also got from the Cheese Room a dedicated Tottenham Hotspur show, which you can of course find on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seb, how's things? Seb, how are you doing? Uh, things were all right up until about seven o'clock last night, and then obviously, <laughs> and then everything's kind of changed. But I, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it a little bit more and find out if this is uh, 
this hurricane story is is realistic or not. Yeah, absolutely. And that is where we're going to start. Um, just before we do start, though, I'm sure it's something you guys on the Cheese Room will be talking about. And as I just mentioned, it's part of the Sports Social Podcast Network and there's loads of great podcasts you can find on there. So just go to podcast.sport-social.co.uk. You can also find the Cheese Room and all the other podcast platforms, your usual podcast provider. I imagine this one will spark a, a bit of lively debate amongst you guys on the show, Seb. Yeah, uh, it's already kind of split split the the podders and we have uh, patreon followers um that we that we chat to regularly um and some people uh, believe it will happen some don't some some uh are praying that uh, links with chelsea are just <laughs> just links i mean that that would be a big slap in the face um so yeah it's it, there's a lot to talk about and yeah a lot of different opinions i think Well, let's dive into it because it is the massive story from a Premier League perspective over the last 24 hours. Harry Kane has allegedly told Tottenham Hotspur he wants to leave the club. This is being reported by Sky Sports News. This hasn't actually been picked up by the BBC and some other outlets as a fact, but Sky Sports are running it as if it is the case. And if this is the case, is anyone surprised? Are you surprised, Marley, that this has come out in the news just two games before the end of the season? Uh, no, I'm not, to be honest, because um, I remember back to, I think it was last month, when Harry Kane won a, I think it was the London Football Awards, he won Player of the Year there, um, and he was said, you know, in his sort of acceptance speech, he said, you know, this is nice, but um, I uh, I wanted, I'd rather have team trophies, and that was like, it was almost like unprovoked, almost, um, and he didn't need to say that, so that was like the thing where... To me, I was like, okay, this this summer's going to be big for him because he wants to. He clearly wants to leave, and the timing of everything, in in my opinion, is right. I mean, Spurs haven't got a a permanent manager. It's not like you're souring that relationship going into next season because you've got your your agenda out there. You wanna you wanna leave, so the new manager is gonna have to come in and deal with that if they do get someone in the summer. Um, and I think that that's fair. I think that's the way to do it. To be honest, I think you know. Imagine if like. Eric Ten Hag came in and, and a week later Harry Kane went, Oh actually I wanna leave. Like Ten Hag would be like, For God's sake, like he could have told me this before I took over. <laughs> and um you know what I mean? It's it it's it sets everything out, it sets what Spurs have to deal with out on the table and it, it gives everyone a chance mm. to to uh, digest it and then to deal with it in, in the uh, in the coming weeks. So I don't think it's... Uh, I'd be fuming if I was the Football London Awards <laughs> and uh, I'd give him a trophy and he said, oh, thanks, I don't really want this. So I'd have, I'd have said, right, all right, we'll give it to Mason Mount instead. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's it's not a surprise. Um, it now just becomes about who who can buy him because there's very few mm. teams on the planet that can uh, that can afford that type of player. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly enough, Seb, you said just a moment ago that it's almost split the uh, the podcast contributors that you've got on the cheese room. Is that the general attitude amongst the Spurs fan base as well regarding this news? Because I thought what was interesting that you pointed out before we started recording that you're not convinced by this story. You think this might be a little bit of bluster. It's I I personally am, am not convinced by it at all. He's he's got three years left on his contract, and his chairman is Daniel Levy. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not a lot more that you need to to read into it. Um, the only thing that does worry me slightly is the report from Sky said that he'd actually um, intimated last year in the summer that he wanted to leave, and Levy had kind of said, "Give it one more year. We've got Mourinho in. You know, this is the year that we can win trophies." And if that did take place, 
then you don't know if there's some kind of gentleman's agreement whereby, look, he gave it a year. It was in, you know, this this season's been a shambles. You know, we can't get away from that. Yeah. And whether there is something in place now that, that he is free to, to speak to other clubs if the asking price is met. But that's the issue. That's the sticking point. It's, it's going to have to be 120, maybe even 150 million. Who, who's got it? Because I don't even think City have got it. No, not not after the pandemic that we've had as well, and football finances are in a rough state. Do you think that 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 will be the situation, even if there is truth in this that Harry Kane has asked to leave the club, even as as recently as as yesterday, or even before that, a year ago, before that, like you say? Do you think Daniel Levy will price any Premier League clubs out of a deal? Because as we know, Manchester United, Manchester City, and Chelsea are the three teams that have been linked with him from a Premier League perspective. It's not even pricing them out of a deal. It's setting the market price, which is around. Uh, I would, I would say, I, I, I firmly believe he's the best striker in the world, and he's the most valuable striker in the world. You could argue that Lewandowski is better, but he's certainly no one would pay 150 million for. I think he's 32, getting on for 33, Lewandowski. So you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pay that money for him. It, it's setting the market value, which is you know probably in the top five transfers of all time, and I don't think anyone's got it. Spurs are under absolutely no pressure. They're probably under no pressure this time next year to sell him. It's only when when you enter the last eighteen months to a year of your contract that you have to start looking at it. Um, mm. Kane, look, I, I get Kane's desire for tro- for trophies, um, but he signed a six year deal three years ago, so. You knew what you're getting into. He's he's very well rewarded. Um, you know he's got the highest basic of anyone that's ever played for Tottenham Hotspur. And uh, my understanding is his bonuses are, are kind of through the roof. So yeah, he, he's he's very well looked after. He's very well rewarded. Um, I just don't know if there's a story because, as you say, Sky are the ones running it. Sky are the ones pushing the betting on their betting channels. Um, I don't, I don't really see it anywhere Marley, else. is this similar to the Wilfred Zaha situation that we saw at Crystal Palace a couple of seasons ago where Zaha would repeatedly hand in transfer requests and then Crystal Palace would say, well, if you want him, you've got to pay 80 million. And then people were saying, oh, that's not fair on Wilf Zaha. That's not fair on him because he wants to move away from the club. But I suppose, you know, Seb's got a point there that he did sign a six-year deal and, and to use Seb's words, he knew what he was getting into. What, what's your take on the situation? Do you think that this could be one of those personal versus wider argument situations uh, there is there is similarities there however between the Zaha thing and the and the Kane thing you know if you want to go and better your career for example go and you know don't sign a long-term contract but you know you mentioned there he signed a he signed a six-year deal three years ago three years ago Tottenham were almost in the final of a Champions League and now they're nowhere near it so the difference between is the difference between like um, Zaha, for example, he signed a six-year, con- uh, a five-year contract. Uh, what was it? Two, two years ago, was it? Um, when he was like, "I want to leave, want to leave, want to leave." Ended up signing the new contract. But realistically, Crystal Palace were never going to get anywhere near his ambitions. So, in my opinion, that's one of the worst decisions in the Premier League I've ever seen. Him signing that five-year contract when he's been desperate to leave that club mm. is ridiculous. Mm. So there is a big difference because there was when Harry Kane signed that contract with with um, with Spurs, the six-year deal. Pochettino was the manager. They were going in the right direction. They had Ericsson. They had Ali. Uh, they had uh, solid defence. They had all the makings of a team that could go on and push themselves towards towards a title challenge, really. 
Um, mm. And they've they've got they've gone backwards since then, and that isn't the fault of Harry Kane. So I don't think you can really blame him for saying, "Well, this isn't going very well." Uh, what, I, what you know? Can I can I get somewhere else? Can someone be there to to give me what I want from from my career? Um, and I think that that's always the risk you run when you um, when you've got a player like that who's you know twenty seven. He's won nothing in his career of a from a team perspective. You know, even the team since things going on this week, the teams he's been on loan at Norwich and Leicester have won more than he's uh, than he has in his career, which is is bizarre because you know he he's a player that deserves more from from what he's he's been given with with his career, in my opinion. Mm, he is class, and he's one of my favourite Premier League players. I just like the way he goes about his business. There's no fanfare with Harry Kane, and you get the occasional critic with people saying that you know he's you know, edged up on the dirtier, earthier sides of the game, you know, like backing into defenders and all of that stuff. But I just think on the whole, he's a joy to watch. And as a neutral Premier League uh, viewer like me, I I really enjoy watching Harry Kane go about his business. However, I've seen a certain section of the Spurs supporter base, Seb, claim that Harry Kane's almost too good for Tottenham in the eyes of some supporters. And it's almost like, ah, well, he's too good for us. Let's just let him go. And, And he deserves his move. Are you in that camp? And if so, what does that say about the mentality of the club and its fan base in general? Because it's something that's kind of followed Tottenham around over the years, this idea that they never win a trophy. I don't know where you've read that. How can a player be too good for, for, a, for, a, for a team? You try and keep your, your best players. Look, he is a generational talent. You know, he's, It will be 50, 60 years before a player comes through from aged 11, 12 through to being you know, the, the greatest player in the country has produced in well, I'd argue you know he's, he's as good as if not better than Rooney. So you're talking 20, 30 years. I I don't I I just can't see that that he will go. I I, I have to keep reverting back to it's something and nothing. The club are under no pressure. My fear is I'm sure you'll get onto this is that if you if we got 150 million pound for him, what what we do with it? Because obviously we we we've had we've had the you issues. Got the best track record. No, we we haven't got a good track record at all. You know, it's not even with the bail money. The bail money, you know, I always like to argue that that Ericsson was probably worth the bail money. Um, and you know, we 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 did well with some of the other players in terms of selling them on for for profit or at least getting our money back. But we haven't got a good transfer track record at all um, in the last ten years, and that that's the issue is that a lot of the fans and a huge percentage of the fan base would be worried about Levy and Steve Hitchin making decisions with that money. Um, and it, I can't see it go well. I, I think if it did happen, we'd see something like Danny Ings, um, maybe Aguero. Um, but there's no way that we go out and spend, uh, suppose we got 150, let's say, and go, right, well, we, we're spending £100 million of that on a striker. Yeah, we'll go out and we'll buy a Lukaku or... Uh, or or Harland or something like that. that. That just won't happen. So you know, it did make me laugh. I think the Daily Mail reported this morning that um, since Kane intimated earlier in the season that he wanted to leave, we made tentative inquiries about Harland. It's just yeah, okay. <laughs> I've like, that, like had that conversation. That's like me making tentative inquiry into Margot Robbie's availability <laughs> for the next weekend when my when my missus is away. You know what I mean? But. Um, but now, honestly, on on that thing, you know, with with 150 million, if if Spurs get it, is a big thing. 
but also you, you can't fish in the same pond as Harry Kane if you sell him. You know what I mean? It's not it's not FIFA. You can't just go out and pay mm. Erling Haaland's release clause because you've physically got it. You've got to attract him to the club, and you've got to. It's the same for any striker in in that uh, in that class in that top top drawer of mm. of strikers. So almost. You have to look at 150 million and say, can we get four players with that? Can we get a replacement and three other players to improve other areas of the squad? But that's the um, that's the problem as well with, with Spurs issue, at the yeah. moment. Well, we've got we've got too many players anyway. So if we if we're going to go out and spend, well, we don't need four players. We do, but we need to move. We need to move six we out. Need to move them first. <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. that's the that's the problem. So we can't do what we did with the with the bail money and say right, we'll we'll completely revolutionise the squad because at the moment we can't. We I don't. I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm right in saying. I think we've got maybe one space left for a foreign player. So mm. and if you sell Kane, that, that that's even worse. He's he's your homegrown uh, player yeah. as well. So it, it's it. It just doesn't work, and for that reason, like I said, we're under no pressure at all. Yeah, you know, look, if someone comes in and says we'll, we'll break the world record because that's what Levy demanded with Bale, then you know they might look at it two hundred million, but I, I still can't see it. I can't see it happening. No, I mean, well, Chelsea have been linked, and actually, out of the three, I mean, you even mentioned Manchester City might not have the cash to to pay that massive sum for Harry Kane. Let's say it does creep over the 150 million mark I think you're right however some have linked him with Chelsea now I can't see him wearing a Chelsea shirt you know it's one of those things you just can't visualize it in your head how disappointing would it be for Tottenham and the supporters if Levy does sell Kane to the highest bidder and that highest bidder happens to be a Premier League rival or even worse Chelsea (laughs) that would be the biggest slap in the face ever personally speaking I dislike Chelsea more than Arsenal yeah, I, I, I'm not fussed by Arsenal. I mean, we're rubbish and they're worse. But I, I just, if, it, if, it, if it, Chelsea happen, it, it, look, it won't happen. I can't even think about it. It's that painful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know, honestly, right, on that, thinking, I was thinking about, you know, where he might go and what might be the best deal for, for Spurs. And I'm thinking about what if, what if Chelsea paid 120 million plus Tammy Abraham for for Kane, and then you replace him? You get loads of money. You get another English player, like you just said, and you get a player who's unhappy at Chelsea, but also very very talented and 23, 24, 25, whatever it is. You know, I I don't see Spurs going and signing somebody better than Tammy Abraham. Do you know what I mean? In in that, because then you're fishing in that that pond that is a little bit too big for Spurs, in my opinion. So, I think is that the best of a bad situation? All of the predictions I've seen, Marley, have been player plus cash. So I've seen a few Manchester United fans saying, "Oh, we'll offer offer sixty million and Martial." It's like who's going to say no to that? <laughs> it's like, well, Tottenham are going to say no to that because I don't think they'll accept that. Um, and also, there's murmurings as well that Manchester City is Kane's preferred destination, and yeah. I just wonder if. Manchester City have the choice of Kane and Haaland. Uh, yeah, who would they pick? And I think they pick Haaland personally. Um, and I think Jack Grealish is nailed on to go to Manchester City in the summer as well. So I think that you know you're looking at at least another seventy to eighty million quid there for Grealish. So who knows what the situation is regarding Harry Kane? Do you think we'll find out more in the next two weeks, Seb, when the season is officially over and the Euros are obviously on the horizon as well? So do you think we'll know more by this point or do you think it will all settle down by then? Well, 
he said what well, he, he said according to Sky. I mean, there's no direct quotes that he wants it sorted before he goes to Euro 2020. I mean, that is three weeks away. Uh, I that, that there's well, it's no a year chance. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course, yeah. But there, there's 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 no chance. I, I no, I think this will rumble on unless there's some kind of new contract. But I can't see that either. Look, like like I said, you know, there, there's no need for Spurs to do anything. You know, someone wants to pay ridiculous money and pay off our Bank of England £175 million loan that we've got at the moment in one hit, you know, not in instalments or anything like that. It might get looked at, but there's no pressure. Um, The only thing that it does do is, if if, if there are rumblings, is maybe um, not attract, as you've alluded to, the, the best manager that we could get. Because if if in the interview process the question is what's happening with Harry Kane and the answer comes back we don't know, then you know that that might throw a few spanners in the works with regards to a new manager. Um, but I believe Spurs have got I don't know who it is but I believe Spurs have have sorted their manager. Um, uh, so I don't know we'll see what happens there. And Marley, what about in your opinion? How do you see the next fortnight or so going? Uh, I think there is truth in it purely because of what he said at these these London awards um he seems to to it, I mean if you ask him about his future he doesn't he doesn't flat out deny it I think he's very open to it it's just a case of who who can buy him so over the next few weeks I think it's going to be teams um trying to set out a financial plan in which they can afford him and say um who can we get rid of this summer who can we how can we raise 80 million to go on to the 50 million we already had so we can chuck it at Harry Kane mm. um, and you know Man City might do that but you can't see them doubling their transfer record to, to sign him in, in my opinion but we'll have to see what happens but it's it's not a uh, it's not a good time for, for Spurs mm. fans because obviously as, as Seb said there you know you've got to you've got to get this sorted before you sign uh, before it impacts the, the manager situation everything like that as well so yeah. it's a tough one it really is. And you know what? I think the hourglass is against Harry Kane here. I do think that timing-wise, it's just not great, is it? And I know you can't predict a pandemic <laughs> ahead of time, but I don't know. I simply don't know. And I'll watch this one with interest. What do you think? Listening in, let us know on social media. At The Sports Social is our Twitter handle. At Sports Social Official on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just search for Sports Social and let us know your opinions. One of the teams linked with Harry Kane is Manchester United and they've got a game tonight at Old Trafford. They take on Fulham. We'll talk about it next here on Football Social Daily. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social, your daily Premier League pod with all the latest news, views and opinions on the English top flight. And there are four games in the Premier League programme this evening. A couple of 6pm kickoffs starting at Old Trafford where up to 10,000 fans will be in attendance at the Theatre of Dreams for the first time in 14 months. They take on Fulham this evening. First time fans will be in the ground since the Manchester derby on March the 8th, 2020. So it's certainly been a while. I mean, if the F a cup final was anything to go by Marley it should be far better entertainment with fans in the stadium and that goes without saying because I thought the atmosphere at Wembley on Saturday was absolutely brilliant and it brought a smile to my face just the sound of the fans going mental when Yuri Tielemans smashed that ball into the top corner that was an adrenaline rush for any football fan I think even someone who probably particularly doesn't like Leicester that much would have enjoyed that yeah, I mean, how, how could you not enjoy an absolute worldie to settle an FA Cup final with with fans behind it? It was, it was brilliant. It was just, it was 
you almost forget what a, what a real crowd sounds like because we've we've been used to that mm. crap sound effect on on match of the day um, for the last year. And it, it, I hate it. Even, I hate it so I mean, much. You know, I'm not a sound editor or anything like that, but I, I'm I'm sure that if somebody went and put a few hours into that, they could have made it sound more realistic and had more than just stock I... bloody cheers for everything. It was. It was daft, really. I said this a year ago, right? I don't understand why they even bothered doing it. Yeah. Why are we trying to alter what is happening in front of us? The games are played behind closed doors. Why are we trying to pretend that they're not? Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't understand what the benefit of putting crowd noise in is. Yeah. You know, we will appreciate the fact fans are back way more rather than having augmented sound effects if we listened to a year's worth of football in empty stadiums. And I actually think it's been quite insightful yeah definitely listening to what managers are shouting from the touchline listening to what defenders are saying it's it, i think it's been better without the sound effects yeah you've seen it on social media people doing things like um uh like listen in features and you can hear people shouting certain things and you know cert- certain uh, like you know run to the back post or cover here or you know cover me and whatever and or sean dice shouting f- clear it <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah i mean the one thing you get I lo- i've loved watching live football and hearing the amount of effing and blinding going on which is great and then the uh the commentator have to go oh uh sorry if you heard any bad language there um and i have to <laughs> have to um apologize for it and stuff like that and robbie brady was the best speaking of burnley you just reminded me there where robbie brady was um trying to mark callum hudson Adoy when burnley were playing chelsea and Deitch said um Robbie, you've got to get to him. Um, he's coming in behind you. And Robbie said, I can f- see him. I just can't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I just can't do anything about it. So he was having a shocking time. But yeah, I mean, crowds back is, is something I'm genuinely like, I'm looking forward to, to hearing because um, I was watching UFC a couple of weeks ago and there was a crowd in and it just, it felt so different. It felt so, mm. um, I think it was a twenty thousand pack crowd. It was in like Texas or something, and it was it was amazing to hear the atmosphere and the the buzz around the place. And it was very similar on Saturday with the FA Cup final. Um, you know, it was obviously what was it was it ten fifteen thousand something at the FA Cup final. Um, and it was just twenty one. Was it twenty one? Was it? Yeah. Um, and you can you could hear that. You know, it didn't sound like not eighty thousand. It just sounded like a crowd because they were still made a hell of a load of noise when the ball went in. Mm. Um, the scenes were amazing you know um, obviously it was a cup final you don't need any any extra additional excitement if you can't get up for that game but I think we'll see similar scenes tonight because everyone's so excited to get back and watch uh, Mm. and watch the games you know take place again for the first time in just over a year yeah, well, we should say Manchester United fans actually have been inside Old Trafford in the last 14 months, but that's because they that's because they broke in. And uh, obviously that caused the Liverpool game to be postponed a couple of weeks ago. They replayed it midweek last week, Seb, and United were terrible against Liverpool. They got undone completely. They lost 4-2. But some would say they did have an almost unmanageable schedule. There are just two games left, this one and the final day against Wolves before Solskjaer's team play the Europa League final. Do you think starting spots are still up for grabs? I think they've got a, a settled first 11, haven't they? Uh, pretty much. There might be one or two in the in the forward positions, but um, I think Solskjaer actually has he's done well this season um, and he, he's gradually moulded that team uh, to include Pogba and, and Fernandes um, and I, I, you know, I've been very impressed with them. Cavani's on, on form so there's probably not too many starting spots. I think Martial and uh, Daniel James might might be looking at 
um, at trying to force their way in. But um, I think they're very settled, to be honest. Mm, yeah, Martial and James set to return from injury tonight, Marley. Do you think that Mason Greenwood has done enough to eke his way into the Euro squad? Um, obviously, in the absence of Martial, Greenwood's had a more uh, important role. He's still only 19 years of age. There was a bit of a, a furor, wasn't there, over the incident in Iceland with breaking uh, quarantine rules. It was him and Phil Foden. Phil Foden is no doubt going to the Euros. Mason Greenwood hasn't been included in an England squad since that incident in Iceland. Do you think we've seen enough from Greenwood to warrant him getting on the plane for the Euros? Uh, no, uh, to be honest. I don't... I don't... Look, he's he's coming he's coming to form, but he's been you know off it for the most of the season. I think you know a, a small run of form towards the end. I know he's he's undoubtedly talented, um, and you know he's probably going to go to the next four five major tournaments if his if his career goes the way for everyone expects it to. But I just think there's no real. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any problem leaving him at home this year and just letting him just give him a little rest. Just let him you know mature a little bit more um and then take him to the you know to the world cup in a year's time it's, it's next season the world cup for god's sake you know when he's not exactly running out of time i just think with the amount of people um you know the, the amount of of players you've got available you know calvert lewin will probably go kane will probably go um, Kane will probably go. Kane will go if he's if he's fit. Obviously, if he stays if he stays fit, <laughs> he's definitely gonna go. He's the captain for God's sake. Um, I just one of the things where I said probably, and then my head went, "Why have you said probably there?" Of course, he's gonna go. Um, yeah, you know, you've got them two, and then you've got you know Rashford and Sancho and Sterling. It just it just depends on the balance mm. of your squad um, and what what um, what system you're gonna play. Um, I think most players don't get in if Kane's fit so you know can you take three uh, you know three centre forwards and then only play one of them and give another 10-15 minutes here and there and that's kind of in the problem with with um, the players mm. that are behind Kane in the pecking order he's in Vardy retire I'm sure Vardy wouldn't have retired if he was playing 90 minutes for England every uh, couple of months so um, it, it's one of them mm. I, I, I would probably be, be more tempted to take another winger or another attacking midfielder um, than Greenwood like if it's a choice of Greenwood or Grealish for example I would yeah. rather take Grealish well I saw a report this morning saying it's Sancho or Greenwood and so, so Sancho think... every day of the week Sancho and yeah. twice on Sancho. Sundays yeah. I, I, th- I think that has made the decision up for both Seb and Marley on the podcast um, <laughs> Harry Maguire is not going to play tonight against Fulham he's still got his ankle in a protective boot he might not even be fit for the Europa League final, which is next Wednesday, so just over a week away. And then there are some concerns over the Euros as well. So who knows what happens next with Harry Maguire, but they'll be without him tonight, Manchester United, as they take on Fulham at Old Trafford. Fans in attendance up to 10k in the stadium. That kicks off at 6 p.m. The other game that kicks off at the very same time, albeit down on the south coast at St. Mary's, Southampton against Leeds. This is one of those end-of-season dead rubbers, Seb. Leeds, though, they still might be able to finish 8th if they win their final couple of games. Do you think that's a step too far from them from what we've seen this season, or do you think they're capable of it? No, I think that's about right. Um, obviously, we played them a, a couple of weeks ago, and they were outstanding. Uh, you know, yeah. Coached to within an inch of their lives. Every single player knows exactly what their what their role is. And this season, they have been, the, in my view, the best of the rest. You know, They're, they're, they're on a par with, with your Everton's, better than your Arsenal's. 
Um, and yeah, com- completely. De- so I had to get that one in, obviously. Um, <laughs> and c- completely, completely deserved. Really, really impressive. I like the way they set up. I, I really like uh, Jack Harrison. I think he's a fantastic player. He's someone that the big club should be looking at. Um, he's someone who I think if Southgate had open eyes would be um, would, would would be a good good man for the England squad. But um, you know, I, I don't know if that will happen. But I, I've been really mm. impressed with Leeds, and eighth is by no means um, over their level. Here's a bit of a curveball for you, Seb. If Daniel Levy went in and tried to poach Marcelo Bielsa and he became the new Tottenham boss, would you be pleased with that? I should say yes, because they, you know, like I just said, coached. One thing that hasn't happened at Tottenham in the last uh, maybe two years is any decent coaching. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he is a coach first and foremost. I do still have a slight problem with the translator. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Um, and how well that, that... I say how well that translates onto the pitch, but obviously it doesn't seem to be a problem. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, re, I hear such good things about Leeds and Bielsa and what he does and how he inspires and even what he's like kind of... Um, going into his local supermarket and how he's got time for everyone. Um, uh, and, you know, he lives in a village just outside Leeds and he, he cycles into work. And I, I, it sounds fantastic, but I, I don't know. Oh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, do you say to Kane, it's okay, you can stay for another year, Bielsa's coming in? I, I don't know if that has the desired effect. Yeah, is that going to convince him to stick around? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't personally think that's going to happen, but it just sprung to to my head then. I thought, oh, that would be interesting. Um, there are lots of rumours regarding Danny Ings from a Southampton perspective, though, Marley. And Seb's already touched upon how possibly Danny Ings could be someone who Tottenham might look at to replace Harry Kane, even though I've seen a few reports saying that that's actually unlikely to happen. I mean, every time we talk about Southampton, because their season is effectively done and dusted, they've got absolutely nothing to play for. We always talk about Danny Ings when we discuss them. And naturally, tonight, is he's going to be at the forefront of conversation again, particularly if he does score a goal. I mean, we've spoken loads of times about his future, whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to go. I think you're of the inclination that he's going to leave, Marley. Um, potential destinations for Danny Ings? It's, it's becoming more and more difficult to pick somewhere out, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, Ings to Spurs, if, if Kane did go, I'd... I'd... I'd like that move. I'd like. It seems like a fit. I don't think Danny Ings could play for Man City, for example. I think there was a link with him, with him uh, potentially going to Man City earlier this year, and I, just, I don't think he's quite that level. But I don't think Spurs are quite that level of Man City, so I think it's a you know a slight step down, but a, a massive step up for for Ings if he did go to South uh, from Southampton to Spurs. Well, even if you bought him, what would he cost? Twenty million. You know, no more than no more than twenty five. I would say, um, he becomes um a, a much more affordable striker than than the one where if you go and get 120, 150 for Kane, you don't have to go and spend sixty, seventy. You have to you have to look and say, well, he's he scored twenty two goals in a relatively poor Southampton last uh, season, Southampton team last season, and he's done well this season as well when he's been fit. That's that's the only thing that's ever followed him around them injury records, but. If you can get that sorted, there's a player in there for for definite. But I think he will leave. I think he he's done enough to leave. I think when you're scoring that many goals in a team like Southampton and, and they're finishing in the bottom half, you can't really 
you can't really expect him to stay. You don't, he doesn't really owe you anything. Um, it's mm. it, it's similar. A lot a lot of things have happened. Similar type of moves. I think back to when um, yeah, my lot to Newcastle sold Eosi Perez to Leicester. You know, last uh, well two years ago now was it? I mean, we bought him for two and a half million quid, and after after four or five years, he went. Hang on, can I can I go to a better club? And Leicester came in, paid thirty million. Everyone was happy, and we just said the fans were like, we can't can't blame him for leaving because he was good, but mm. we we were rubbish. And I think that's kind of what Southampton might have to to look at and say, you know, if we're not <laughs> if we're not matching his ambitions in in terms of the, our league position every year. You know, you are going to expect to have him to have him want to leave and try something else and try his hand at a better club as he near as he mm. nears thirty. So you probably are looking at some some sort of move this summer, whether that's to Spurs or someone else. We'll have to wait and see. I think you're right. I think Southampton have a distinct lack of quality, and I'm not just saying that because of who I support. I genuinely think that they do have one of the weakest squads. I don't rate the goalkeeper. I think that without Ings and Romeo, I think they look the shadow of the side that they usually are. don't think Nathan Redmond's any good. I mean, some of the other signings they've made have been non-existent. Centre-halves are okay, but then again, they've conceded nine in two consecutive seasons. I think the manager's overrated. Anyway, I could keep going on and on and on. Um Theo Walcott has signed a new contract at Southampton. That's just news that's broken today whilst we've been recording the podcast. So he'll be signing permanently on a two-year deal from Everton because that's where he was on loan from. Before Southampton against Leeds, 6pm kickoff. Still two more Premier League games to discuss. We'll do it next here on Football Social Daily. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily. I'm Niall. I've got Marley and Seb alongside me. Time to talk Brighton against Manchester City. 7pm kickoff tonight. And all the focus will be on Pep Guardiola's partying last night. Marley was puffing away on cigars, drinking wine, chatting with the staff, talking about sending videos to Noel Gallagher while singing Oasis songs. It was all very Mancunian. Um, And naturally, Pep Guardiola's won plenty of praise amongst the City faithful uh, for those celebrations. Do you think we might see a slightly wavy Manchester City tonight against Brighton or do you think it'll be business as usual? Uh, We'll see what's left, won't we? We'll see what type of state they're in. Um, (laughs) But now, I think they'll they'll still be all right. They've still got plenty to... uh... Plenty in the tank, you know. If you're if you're coming up against a, a Man City in second gear, you know there's, there's still a hell of a prospect. Um, and we seen him, we seen him put four past Newcastle with the with a, a much changed team last weekend. Even though we played pretty well, but yeah, it's. Mm. Um, I think I think they'll still be fine. I think Brighton, Brighton pass the ball around and, and make pretty patterns. But when you come up against a proper team like Man City with with the cutting edge as well as the nice passing and the high pressing and all the rest of it. I think uh, you're still in. You're still in for a bit of a uh, bit of a shock. Yeah, if football was played on a pitch three quarters the size of the one that they normally play it on, Brighton would be top of the league. <laughs> because, <laughs> because between both boxes, they're great, and as soon as they start having to defend inside the box or get shots away, they're terrible. Um, and I think their league position reflects that. What's your take on Brighton, Seb? Because I think the majority of people that have watched them this season have found them quite an enjoyable team, an attractive team to watch pleasing on the eye but um, what isn't pleasing on the eye for the Brighton fans is that they're just hovering above the relegation zone even though relegation's already been sorted out for this season it will be concerning that they are so close to the drop after making all the changes with Graham Potter coming in and some of the players they've signed yeah we, we've talked on our podcast quite a lot about Graham Potter because obviously he's um, been strongly linked with um, with the manager's job at Spurs for me, mm. uh, I, I don't want him anywhere near the, the club. <laughs> um, yes, pleasing on the eye. 
um, yes, pretty football. Um, but for me, you know, maybe maybe it's too basic. But the the object is to put the ball in the net. Um, Brighton regularly fail to do that, uh, and as well as that, they struggle to keep the ball out of their own net. Um, so for me, it doesn't matter kind of what goes on in in the middle. You can play all the nice football in the world, but if you're conceding goals and struggling to score them, you're going to be in trouble. And that's what the the league table points to. This XG figure um, that is obviously extremely fashionable at the moment. Um, it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I always I always point to the fact that if I take a penalty or if Harry Kane takes a penalty, the XG is the same. Now, that's not right. So, I, you know, I, I, I struggle with Brighton and I struggle with the, the amount of praise that um, Graham Potter's been getting. I definitely think it's something mm. to do, some something along the lines of the Emperor's New Clothes. He seems very fashionable, but I, I, I not for me. I, I, I don't see it. Might be pretty, but it's not effective. Yeah, I think Graham Potter doesn't even use XG actually uh, as a statistic himself. Oh, yeah. um, I remember that clip? <laughs> as yeah, as we know from a from a clip which is quite funny, uh, which he which he said a few weeks ago. Um, but certainly, I can understand your concerns about Brighton, um, uh, and I think it's just a case of because they're a small club that are punching above their weight. Anything they do that doesn't involve relegation. Um, they get praised for, but I can totally see your point. I mean, consider- are they punching above their weight? They're seventeenth. Yeah, that is punching, but they should be in the championship. <laughs> They're a League One I know, club, really. Yeah. It um, always—that's what it comes down to, you know. As Seb said, there, I completely agree. I mean, it's not—you're not asking too much for, you know. You talk about a coach like overachieving, that you know, you're not asking too much for a team to put the ball in the back of the net more than Brighton I mean, but, are but you know well a minus five goal difference when you're 17th is not something to put on your CV no Welbeck Mope and Aaron Connolly I mean oh, Mope, Christ you'd be lucky to oh, score goals Mope in the championship awful, with that front line you really would <laughs> so I mean I'm not surprised with this with the strikers they've got that they're not putting the ball in the net anyway their next test the Seagulls comes against Manchester City, the watch, champions. Watch Mopey score a bloody hat trick now. He won't. He won't. He won't, <laughs> he won't, he won't, won't score. He won't score tonight. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. 7 p.m. tonight, kickoff at the Amex Brighton against Manchester City, which brings us to the showpiece game of this midweek uh, fixture list. Actually, I think this is could be one of the most exciting games um, across the Premier League. Actually, over the next couple of weeks, as the season finish line is uh, coming into view Chelsea against Leicester quarter past eight kickoff and the Blues have a chance to get revenge for their FA Cup final defeat Thomas Tuchel actually said in his pre-match press conference that this game for him is more important than the Cup final do you think he's right Seb do you think that was um, a fair assessment from the German that's that's really sad isn't it it's really sad to hear yeah. I, I get I get all the all the financial implications and everything else but that, that's a Cup final you know, trust me, as a Spurs fan, the cup finals are important. Yeah. You know, we don't get we don't get to any. I'm, I'm glad that uh, get, get to many, I should say. I'm I'm glad that they can they can say that. You know, it must be great for them. But I, I think that's a, a damning indictment on the state mm-hmm. of football at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, that a cup final is is so more important. And I'm going to go Kevin Keegan here, but I'd love it. I'd love it if they if they got if they got beat tonight, beat in that cup final for, on Saturday, beat in the Champions League final. It'd be their just desserts. So, <laughs> come on, Leicester. 
I mean, I love the FA Cup and I don't want to rub it in, but when my team, Portsmouth, beat Tottenham in the 2010 semi-final, a lot of Pompey fans still talk about that to this day as one of their favourite games following the club um, because we were sort of in administration, in the relegation zone, and then to go against the odds and, and do it at Wembley and get to the final. I think that if you've been desensitised to going to Wembley and playing in cup finals in big games, I think you're right. I think that really is a, a sad indictment uh, of the mentality of some. However, to you know, play devil's advocate here, Marley, Thomas Tuchel said that his ambition or his one of his goals that he was set, tasked by Roman Abramovich when he came into the club to take over from Frank Lampard, was to finish in the top four. And he said, despite the fact the FA Cup is prestigious and it's a big game and we desperately wanted to win it, it wasn't on my remit when I came into the club. And winning the FA Cup doesn't get you Champions League football. That's the aim for Chelsea. That's the aim for Tuchel. So can you see it from that viewpoint or do you still think it leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth anyway? <laughs> That's such a weird thing to say, isn't it? Like, oh, well, you know, technically you didn't ask me to win that, so I didn't win it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine being that sort of entitled to success that you say, oh, we don't want the FA Cup, we're not really bothered? That's like something Mourinho would say that, isn't it? I'd, give, that is... I'd chop off three fingers to win an FA Cup, you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on. That's that's mental, that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I suppose you, know, you understand what he's saying by that, you know, it is all about... Champions League qualification, um, and yeah, I mean tonight's massive. Tonight, tonight is huge. Mm. After Allison bagged that header the other day, you know, <laughs> I mean, talk about a, a weird season culminating oh, in a weird, word. a weird thing to happen. You know what I mean? Flipping Brazilian goalkeepers and into a prime Andy Carroll and powering a header in to keep <laughs> to all of a sudden make this game look like I mean somebody's gonna massively miss out um, if the you know whatever happens tonight they're they're all they're both in danger of of Liverpool overtaking them um, when Liverpool play Burnley so you know it's 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 a huge huge game you could you could argue and you could, probably could make a, a legit case that it's more important than the FA Cup final but. I just I don't want to see Leicester miss out on the on the Champions League again. Um, I think they hundred percent deserve it for the last couple of seasons, um, and it'd be it'd be sour to let them uh, to have them slip out of it again. So I'm hoping that they can uh, they can cling on to it. There'll be a few bottle job Brendan tweets knocking around. I think if they do slip out of the top four, I know. And he's um, such a disrespected manager that I really don't <laughs> want to see that as well. He is. I was stunned. I I did. I was a little bit annoyed with him on the weekend though sentimentally putting Wes Morgan on who I thought looked completely out of shape and shouldn't have been anywhere near the squad let alone getting on the pitch and then starting Johnny Evans who had three injections in the bottom of his foot and there was no way he was fit to start that final but still I mean they they managed to play well enough to get the victory I thought you know in general Leicester probably um, did deserve to pick up the silverware after the season that they've had and Brendan Rodgers obviously has been like you say Marley an underrated manager my favourite bit about that Alisson header though is what Big Sam said after the game he said that picking the players up after that defeat was would have been the hardest task he had since he took the West Brom job as if keeping them up was like not even in the top priority of, of him going in there which I thought was a bit weird I mean you said Rightly so, Seb, that they've got some big games coming up, Chelsea. They've easily got the toughest running of all the top four chasing sides. They've got the Champions League final to think about as well. They've lost to Arsenal recently. They lost to Leicester in the cup final. I mean, do you think they've hit bad form at the worst possible time? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I, I hope I hope that's the case, at least. Um, I still think Tuchel's um, experimenting a little bit. He still quite doesn't know his, his best team. Um, you know, and they, they bought heavily 
last year, and he's still he's trying to integrate some of those players. Um, and I still think he's tinkering around a bit too much. I also think, and I'm giving Chelsea a bit of praise here, that he leaves his best player on the bench quite a lot because I think they are a different animal with Pulisic in the side. Um, I, I really like him as a player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what lineup they go to, with tonight. I think it will be different from the uh, from the cup final, and they'll obviously be out for revenge. Um, but like, as you say, you know, a lot of big games coming up, and they just seem to have stalled when when you don't want them to. Mm, certainly. Do you think Leicester will have a cup hangover though, Marley? Gaps just two points to fourth, as you say, three points to Liverpool in fifth. So, you know, they've obviously got that massive high and jubilation of winning the FA Cup, but there's still work to be done for them. Uh, I, I fear that may happen, yeah. Um, I fear, I just think Leicester, I don't, I'm not sure how, how you know, not motivated Leicester will be. I just think Chelsea will be really, really motivated and really fancy it and know what's in front of them. Um, they should have beat Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. Let, like to well last last week everyone it? should be Arsenal though, <laughs> yeah, <they>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was that was the big mess up for me because now you're going into you've made this game bigger than it needs to be because you could have you could have beat Arsenal and drew with Leicester and still been alright but um, yeah it's uh, it's huge and I think Leicester as as good as they are I think Chelsea will be slightly too much um, having said that I agree with what Seb said I, I don't think Tuchel knows his best team. And that's why, if it comes down to it, I would rather see Leicester nick that last, um, well, nick one of the Champions League places over Chelsea and Liverpool if it comes down to it. Mm. Well, Chelsea against Leicester. Chance for Chelsea to avenge their FA Cup defeat at Wembley at the weekend. This game kicks off 8.15pm at Stamford Bridge. And with that, we've reached the end of today's Football Social Daily. Don't forget, we'll have a full rundown of all of those fixtures on tomorrow's podcast, as well as looking ahead to another five top-flight matches that take place on Wednesday. Loads of content, loads of stuff to get your teeth stuck into, so make sure you hit subscribe, and that way you won't ever miss another episode again. But thanks very much to Marley. Thanks very much, Seb. Where can people check out the Cheese Room? Of course, it's on the Sports Social Podcast Network, but um, if there are Spurs fans out there listening in how can they get involved yeah find us on on Facebook Cheese Room Podcast find us on Twitter as well uh, all the usual social media platforms um, yeah we do maybe um, two or three pods a week now also on YouTube as well um, so yeah any any of the usual social media platforms I'm sure you'll find us and uh, hopefully enjoy our content great stuff that's the Cheese Room Podcast a dedicated Tottenham show and this is Football Social Daily we'll catch you again tomorrow Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.